six describes the, uh, themselves as arguably some of Australia's best talent, which I think only a marketing panel could probably come up with. But I'm really a panel of boys. Yeah, how unusual. I'm arguably, arguably one of Australia's best academics. <laughs> arguably. <laughs> I'd like to, to welcome this panel, and I think what they've got to offer is uh, we would usually, in the arts, well, we wouldn't pay anything because we never pay anything much in the arts, but or we are never paid anything much in the arts, but we would have to pay for it in the commercial world quite a lot of money. And so I think it's really exciting that uh, we've got this panel here to, today to give us some of those insights, give us some of that gold. And while I was talking in the break about there's a, always a frustration from artists about we need to be doing more in the marketing, advertising, uh, Twitter sphere, etc. space, but we don't seem to have the skills, knowledge and understandings. But here it is sitting before us. And this panel uh, is... Uh, Arguably. This panel is uh, convened by Dr. Bradley Wilson, who is a senior lecturer in advertising within the Advertising Design and Photography Cluster School of Media and Communications at RMIT University, where he teaches master's courses. He's, acknowledged, he's an acknowledged branding expert and publishes paper in key international for, forums. This year, he's worked in vibrant cities, oh, I want this guy's job, such as Munich, Berlin, and Amsterdam. Brad is interested in brand image transfer effects with much of his work investigating dynamics around soft brand attributes. Does anyone know, does anyone know what a soft brand attribute is? Well, how, how exciting. This is like Gruen Transfer Live. It is these attributes that promote meaningful connections with youth. He is, a passionate, he is passionate about powerful brands that transform people. In his free time, he takes a keen interest in observing diverse cultures, appreciating art, surfing and sipping. So please welcome Dr. Bradley Wilson and his team. Thanks very much. Um, I think at this stage, I, I see some people already yawning uh, at that grand um, introduction. So I should start with um, how many people in here drink one coffee a day? Can you please raise your hands? And if you're uh, a two cup a day person, can you please keep your hand up? Uh, three cups? Four. <laughs> Well, towards the end of the presentation, I think we'll just be talking to you, sir. Um, <laughs> so I hope you enjoy the presentation today. Yeah, look, um, if we could just switch to that first. Thank you. Yeah, uh, my name's Brad Wilson, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm in the School of Media and Communications, and I'm quite interested in advertising and um, supporting creative endeavours. Um, this year I've had the benefit of um, really travelling quite extensively and um, I've spent quite a bit of time in um, key corporate reputation institutes in Munich um, and also at the University of Amsterdam. Um, so unfortunately the party is over and um, I'm back to work but um, my interests uh, are actually in, in brands and youth and um, doing good things with brands. And um, 
I've, I've put together a panel today of um, some of my friends and, and colleagues, and in fact, some of former students, in fact, now quite senior, which makes you sort of think that you're getting a little bit too old. Um, but um, the point being is um, I was attracted to this, or we were attracted to this, because um, a lot of the people on the panel that you see before you um, really do, um, as part of their jobs, um, engage youth. Um, and just before I, they, they introduce themselves uh, more extensively, I'll just quickly, uh, over to our left, we've got Conrad Spilver. Conrad's um, MD of Visual Jazz, um, which is um, formerly um, part of the Mitchells group of companies, Harold Mitchell, who you probably know, which is now part of the Aegis group um, of media. Um, and Conrad, I guess in short, um, is a digital digital media expert and um, his company is the biggest um, in its realm in, in Australia. Um, over here we've got Simon Hakem, he's MD um, of Hunter, which are uh, really quite a, a small creative boutique advertising agency um, aiming to engage um, sometimes younger audiences. And here to my right is um, Rory Kent, and Rory Kent's um, MD of a company called Zebra Paradigm. And Rory, from a very young age, has run large events um, with a, a, a huge youth marketing um, skew. So this year I travelled quite a bit, and um, what inspired me? Um, I was inspired by a concept in um, the UK um, that was a beer from a, a bunch of young guys that created a brand called Brewdog. And Brewdog um, have just really launched in Australia. You'll find them at Dan Murphy's, um, so go and relax tonight. But this. <laughs> This to me is a, a concept that is very appealing to, to youth and um, has captured the imagination of um, the industry, but also in some ways the world. And what they did is that they almost engaged, you could question this ethically, but um, what they did is they engaged with um, other local um, brewers within um, Europe and so forth, and the challenge was who can brew um, the, the highest alcohol content beer. Um, so this, you could say, is incredibly frivolous behaviour, but um, at the same time really justifies their credentials in product innovation and technology in the brewing process. So it actually adds a lot of authenticity and word of mouth um, from key lead user groups um, regarding the brand. And um, in recent times... <coughs> In recent times, they've aimed to raise capital via uh, Twitter, and um, within a three or four month time frame, they're aiming to, to raise um, many millions of, of pounds, and they really only make um, the offering of equity in their company available to their um, loyal <laughs> customers. So it's really quite revolutionary the way they've gone about it. And I thought I'd just throw this one in. Um, we recently had, of course, in Scotland, um, of course, um, the royal wedding going on in the UK. Um, but a lot of brewers uh, launched their official royal beverage. Um, and brew dogs sort of... Um, um, combated this by um, tongue-in-cheek launching a brew that was called the Royal uh, Virility um, Drink. 
And so it was sort of a tongue-in-cheek sort of go at all of these other brands that were trying to almost um, capitalise on the royal seal of approval um, in a sort of a credible way, um, but they poked a certain amount of fun at it. And the youth demographic or the youth market loved this. So I'd like to just introduce you to Rory Ken. He's going to tell you a little bit about himself. Thanks, Brad. Uh, as Brad introduced, uh, I've, I've been in, uh, involved in some businesses uh, that over the last 10 years primarily have targeted uh, uh, gener Generation Y consumers. Uh, that started in uh, 2001 when I began a business called One Love, which was involved in um, the event uh, management and promotion and touring of, uh, of musical artists, uh, primarily DJs. Uh, and so uh, um, uh, that business has evolved to produce music festivals, etc. Um, uh, what else have I been up to? Um, uh, oh, in 2003, uh, I, uh, I, I developed a, a business that uh, at the time was, uh, was ranked number one in Australia for um, uh, youth social networking amongst, amongst teenagers. It was interesting that uh, that uh, at, at at that time we saw the uh, the emergence of this uh, younger wave of people that had had uh, grown up with these social networking sites, and then I, I saw firsthand how that uh, began to influence how we were to promote our music events and so on. Uh, recently, I'm involved in a, in a business that uh, handles uh, brand strategy, ideas, and communication activation on behalf of our clients. Um, and one of the interesting projects that I've, I thought would be worthwhile to talk about today uh, is something we began five years ago called um, the Young Gun of Wine Awards, the trophy of which you can see there now, um, and has evolved into uh, the Young Guns of Wine Festival. And, and primarily this is about uh, building audiences and uh, the marketplace for, for wine. And when I talk about wine, I'm not talking about globally branded beverages, but I'm, I'm talking about really those artisanal aspects of wine where we, where we touch on the craftsmanship that goes into it and how it's a product that is uh, derived from from the land and and the people and individuals that are handcrafting this. Um, so I'm sure we can chat about that a little later. And I'll probably hand it on to Simon. Simon. Um, so I'm in the middle and I can't see what I actually wrote on my slide. So I'm going to make this up. Um, and they've secretly put us down this end, uh, Conrad and I, because we actually talk the most. So, um, <laughs> and there also seems to be a theme of alcohol through this um, presentation. So we apologise for that because you're probably getting thirsty. Um, I, oh, I can't even see what I'm. Thank you. Um, I barrack for St Kilda Football Club. Um, yeah. Hey, I've won someone in the audience. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I ride a bike. I, I try to ride my bike every day to work um, because it gets me thinking and also it's great exercise. Um, and I love travel. And just like Brad, I don't get to travel 
to Europe as much as I'd like to because I've got kids. So nine hours, 10 hours is easy to get to um, Asia. Um, believe it or not, I have an engineering background um, and people sort of say, well, what are you doing in marketing? Um, so I left and actually did a marketing degree as well. Um, and I've been MD for Hunter for about, I think, two years now. We consider ourselves still a startup and we're still learning a lot. Um, so I've started a previous agency before that and the work um, that I've, I've done is anything from industrial pumps, which is not youth orientated, by the way, um, through, to, through to beer and fashion and so forth. Um, I'm passionate about collaboration and engaging with people. Um, although we do traditional stuff like TV, sometimes I think it's just a complete waste of time. You can't actually engage with people um, at that level. Um, and we've also got marriage of creative outputs, entrepreneur. Okay, so essentially the type of clients that we work with um, are challenger brands, they are entrepreneurial and um, they like to do the things that um, most people say, no, let's not do that. They say, yes, let's give it a go. And that's what I like. Um, this is just a couple of examples um, of some stuff that we've done recently. We've just done this um, event called Grolsch Grid. Grolsch um, being a beer, a northern um, European beer from um, Amsterdam or Holland. And it was a, it's basically a, an event that um, engaged local and emerging talent. So young talent that wouldn't get the opportunity to do um, what they wanted to do. So we gave them stages. We gave them canvases such as walls um, to perform, to create, and um, basically we backed them for four weeks um, and got that going. I think that's enough for me. All right, Conrad. Um, thanks, Simon. Uh, okay, I can't really see it either, but um, as Brad said, um, I, I actually I started an agency called Visual Jazz about 10 years ago. And um, it's not a contemporary jazz dance company or anything like that, um, <laughs> even though it sounds like it and we get mistaken for it quite a bit. Um, it's a digital agency and it, was, and it started as a digital agency in a bedroom basically uh, with a mate. Um, I was uh, one of Brad's students and I think this is probably the longest I've been in one of your lectures actually. <laughs> um, but uh, back about, back when I was at uni. So uh, Brad and I have kept in touch uh, ever since. And um, VJ is a, is, a, is a great agency that's sort of now the biggest um, digital agency in Australia. Um, and uh, I took last year off actually, went backpacking and decided to come back to the, back to the agency this year and it's, it's kind of in my DNA I think. And, um, I think the agency, what makes it really successful is like is that we're, we've all sort of grown up with digital and we've all sort of grown up together and 95% of the workforce is under the age of uh, 35 um, and it's really, we've sort of promoted a culture of youth and a culture of creativity and craft. Uh, you know, we sit behind computers every day and work in the digital landscape but we also have um, our own exhibitions where we, you know, everyone from an account manager through to a web developer is painting or creating uh, some sort of musical theatre or something like that, which uh, we've actually got an exhibition tomorrow. Um, one, of our, one of our clients is, J, is JJ's, retail brand that you guys probably know. Um, we don't work like, you know, Simon and I probably work on, on lots of different clients. Um, you know, now that we're sort of a large agency, we work on some really big brands um, and, you know, they're, they're a little bit safer, I guess, in what they do. Um, but JJ's is, is, is a great example where where they really had a lot of challenges with their brand. This is probably going back to last year. 
Um, they, you know, they're a retailer whose foot traffic was going down, sales were going down. They've got a massive um, bricks and mortar footprint. Uh, they weren't really taking advantage of um, the digital retail evolution. Um, and they had a lot of challenges in that they, did, they, couldn't have an, they couldn't activate an online store. There was an online platform that was being rolled out across all the brands for the Just Group. Um, and that their traditional advertising methods, um, TV and catalog and, and um, all the mainstream media wasn't engaging with their audience anymore. Their audience is really 15 to 20 year olds. It's kind of the first place people go to buy a t-shirt and shorts when they've got some pocket money to spend. Um, and this is, I think you've gone straight to, do you want me to shut up? <laughs> yeah. uh, um, so, so we did a few things with them where we really sort of took advantage of social media cha channels that, that were, um, you know, they had 12,000 Facebook fans when we started working with them. Um, after six months, we built that up to 300,000. And we did that through um, living their freedom of expression values where we engaged with their youthful audience online and encouraged them to create their own Javatars. We created a, a huge uh, JJ's Dance Off um, catalogue, which was which um, we basically crowdsourced 18 dancers, all different styles, all different looks and themes, dressed them differently. That became an interactive catalogue with 3D. It was, um, you know, it was done at the same time, so you think you could dance was on, so there was a bit of um, social movement about that. Um, and it allowed people to cut their own clips together and post it online. We also encouraged people to go in store and dance off against, um, against the actual uh, retail workers in the, in the shops. And you know, we had dance floors set up where they could you know, video it and post it online straight away. And, and if, they, if the crowd in the store voted that they were the winner, they got a $25 voucher then and there. So we did a few things like that, which was basically encouraging online to offline um, to take advantage of that. Okay, so up. that's the introduction, but um, basically we're all passionate about arts and culture and um, although a lot of people think that, you know, we're just the ad guys and um, often aiming to sort of exploit things for commercial purposes, um, the people you see on this panel that I've composed are essentially often doing things for um, sort of really um, supporting artistic endeavours like Simon supports up and coming bands and gives budget for digital designers often with no branding attached um, etc so um, I know that some people perhaps don't look favourably upon the marketing guys uh, so I just state that but today I wanted to make the theme um, more about here's what we do we've got some people here that are very good tactically um, around how they generate interest in digital campaigns run massive successful campaigns and um, have a discussion about that so um, basically um, I wanted to cover, or we wanted to cover a few things, like uh, we think the event is almost um, just part of the puzzle, and most often it's about generating the interest and how you do that pre. Um, so talking about the tactics of how you really um, engage your audiences pre um, with different techniques. Um, also, um, the other thing we wanted to talk about is um, seeking concepts year on year that inspire. Um, people to come back or youth to come back um, to outline some specific challenges in engaging youth audiences um, and competing for people's attention in an increasingly competitive marketplace. So Rory runs the Young Guns of Wine Festival which runs in September. Um, August. August Rory. But around August in Melbourne he's competing with a whole lot of other cultural um, events at that same time. Um, and also, how do you evaluate the success um, of this? So I guess I'll, I'll um, throw straight up to Conrad again about um, generating interest. 
uh, pre-event? Like, how do you really um, get that traffic, get that buzz happening regarding something like JJ's or another concept that you've rolled out? Um, well, I mean, there's a whole number of ways. In the digital space, you know, that's where you can generate a whole lot of buzz and excitement about an event pretty quickly. And, and you can do a lot of tactical things that you talk about, um, like the golden ticket, you know, promotion, for example, which, um, which can generate a lot of buzz. Um, and you can also then, I think it's important when you're, when you're trying to promote something or advertise something that you don't try and interrupt people um, with their daily lives or their daily media activity or whatever. It's about sort of engaging them um, as, they, as they are actually involved with content or involved with, with whatever brands they're associated with. So it's kind of, you know, you can, you can take advantage of the Royal Wedding, for example, and, and, or whatever is happening from a social sense and create something that will take advantage of that huge media and PR buzz that you can actually leverage with a brand or with some sort of tactic or to promote some sort of event. Um, and I think what, what's worked for us previously is this whole idea of, you know, a gamification, if you like, and making it, you know, making it a bit of a mystery and making it a bit of a, um, a talking point for people and trying to engage that community and trying to gamify what this could actually be and trying to get everyone to solve what it is before the actual event comes. Okay, so Simon, I know that recently you've just finished your, um, your Grouse Grid, um, which had, what, 60-odd <laughs> bands in about three weeks' space of time. Um, how do you really go about engaging the youth? Um, so what we found with the, I don't know, I, I know there's some Melbourne people here, um, but we mainly focused on the Collingwood Fitzroy area. Um, and we, uh, we spoke to a lot of venues, pubs basically, um, in the area. And they had a real um, passion for local and emerging and young talent. And essentially what's happening in, in Melbourne, and I don't know if it's happening in Sydney or around Australia, is they're closing venues um, left, right and centre for people to actually go out and do their thing. Um, so Tote, everyone would have heard about the Tote and the uproar of that. Um, so local is very passionate um, to these guys and is passionate to us. Um, so what we decided to do um, pre-campaign is to um, run a whole lot of street posters. Again, it's a very local, um, down and dirty, um, on the streets um, campaign that basically um, invited, it was a big call out to um, all the artists. So um, we couldn't, you know, um, we really didn't care whether you were a photographer, a filmmaker, a dancer, a band, um, a writer. We wanted everyone to apply. And what we, um, what we did is we basically put these street posters up all over the place. Um, we had messages on message boards go out to all the universities and all, all the places that you would put artistic things. Um, we had, um, uh, I guess as Conrad said, we had a quite a big digital push as well. Um, and what came in was um, a flooding, um, and I mean a flooding um, number of entries, um, which was pretty exciting. Um, so I'd say that focus, understand the area, um, understand what you're doing and choose choose the the message and the medium wisely. Okay, and Rory, Young Guns of Wine. Yes. What about it? What about <laughs> it? Well, yeah, I mean, we're talking about the the pre-event and um, really there's the event when it's running. But what sort of tactics do you use yeah. to really engage people pre? Um, 
as, as I said in my introduction, I was keen to talk about uh, our Young Guns of Wine project because um, principally what we're, what we're trying to do is um, create a new marketplace, create interest um, in a category where there isn't conventionally cate- uh, interest uh, amongst a, a young audience. Um, so it's it's challenging, um, and and in fact you could say that it, it, I I can say that at, at times I feel as though we've been pushing shit uphill to try and uh, get get interest uh, amongst youth audiences um, in these artisanal aspects about wine, um, and 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 th- and over the course of the last five years that we've uh, we've been running these events and communication. Um, I, I, I think we've had you know some learnings, and um, and I was I was reminded by by something from our, our recent festival um, because of the plastic cups that we uh, have here at, uh, in in the foyer uh, on the on the tables outside. Uh, one of the successful events we uh, we ran this year for the festival um, was uh, a, an event that we held um, in, in a warehouse in the city that was residence to some um, street artists, and so um, the place was uh, was um, was you know a, mess, a messy artistic studio, and um, and and rather than use uh, proper glassware, we use we use this plastic glassware and uh, um, these plastic cups that you can go and, and buy at. Uh, at a local convenience store, okay. and the I'll gra- just I'll just interject. Being um, Rory and Conrad's former lecturer, I still have a certain luxury in interjecting and <laughs> rudely cutting people off. But so, Rory, I just want to like redirect you towards like before the event was actually running. What sort of marketing activities did you do that you thought were quite important? Uh, well, with that event in particular, we only sent out um, a social media alert two days before the event. We had 150 people turn up, so that was so that was a terrific result. Um, uh, you know, I, I think getting people in, into wine is very different to say getting people to a music event where you have um, a defined audience and a defined interest, and and it, and you, your marketing can be you know a much simpler of a, equation of 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 whether it be spending more on your production or spending more on your promotion or or orchestrating your uh, pr- promotion tactically superior to your competitors, but it's a very different beast when you're getting into when you're trying to um, create interest in non-conventional audiences. Um, so I, I think the the objective over time has to be able to build up your um, own media and own community that you can. Um, uh, create buzz and communicate directly with about you know whether it be an event you have on or or another point of communication um, and I think one of the best ways to do that I found through through our, our work in uh, in wine is to to establish I guess you know strategic alignments with with um, relevant and related categories such as you know restaurants and food experiences and hospitality and these sorts of things and identify avenues where there there are those people within your audience that you're trying to to contact and reach and and um, create. Um, experiences or communication in association with them. Okay. Well, look, um, I'd just like to move to the second issue of challenges um, of engaging with um, young audiences. And I know that we've discussed as a panel privately before about how you almost have to, to move things to the way people are living. Um, you know, you have to almost go into their space um, to harness the engagement. Um, What's a way, I mean, does anyone want to, to jump in and, and ha- um, outline how they sort of, 
really get involved in the way that people are living their lives without them sort of physically coming to something or engaging in a virtual forum or yeah <laughs> uh, yeah I mean I think um, it's not necessarily that's not necessarily just about engaging with youth I think I think it's um, that's across a whole broad category of demographic which is just the way people now digest media and um, uh, you, you know there's there's certain certainly different ways that you can do it and I think when you when you try to interrupt people in, in their mess in their uh, media usage habits with uh, you know what was traditionally a pop-up ad say in digital or what's a TVC um, on mainstream TV um, you're you know you're not going to really get them you're not you're not going to engage with them it's, it's you're going to have a very low bang for your buck in that regard but if you can actually you know deliver something which might be um, you know either create utility for, for a brand or whether it's um, you know, actually enhances or, or, or fulfills a need for a consumer. Um, Nike Plus is probably a perfect example of something like that, which is you know, they're trying, you know, a brand that's trying to get into running and instead of actually creating a whole bunch of ads, they've created this amazing community, online community um, with free tools that people can track running and create their own running paths and challenge people and all this sort of stuff. And that's been a huge success for them. Um, in itself, so I think that that's an advantage. That's that's something that you can take advantage of and, and, and do. And, and as Rory said, build up your own asset as opposed to just a bunch of advertisers. Okay. Awesome. I just wanted to ask a question. <coughs> uh, you're right. I, I, I can ask him. Yeah. Um, I'm just wanting uh, to ask a question about arts and youth arts. If, if we came to you, oh, thanks. So this is a question about youth arts. If we came to you with all your expertise and said, uh, we want to make uh, young people come through our doors from rural and regional areas um, uh, and people who, uh, people, and make what we do attractive to them or, or make it known to them what's going on, what would your strategies be for doing that? Can I tell Oh, I was going to start. Yeah. Um, essentially, what what we would do, we're we're all here. Um, we've all done the marketing degree um, at RMIT, right? So, when we look at stuff, we look at it fairly strategically. So, the first thing is, um, I think Cor um, Rory mentioned before, um, timing and when your event actually is, and what's what's happening around that that period. So, who who are you competing with? Um, and often, um, particularly in Melbourne, there seems to be everything that hits all at once. So that's, that's the first challenge. How, um, what's, what's happening in the marketplace? And um, how are you then going to differentiate, differentiate yourself from what's happening in the marketplace? Um, so are you different? Um, and are you interesting? Um, so, I, I mean, we had a conversation about this earlier on and a lot of people do stuff and they think it's interesting themselves, but it's not really interesting in the scheme of things. So the first thing is how, how are you going to define what, what is interesting and, and engaging to youth, right? Second thing is understand your audience. Um, so, you know, you mentioned regional. Um, a lot of regional um, people don't actually get the opportunity to go see shows or experience the shows that we do in, in the city. So that's a great opportunity for you to actually um, target those people and bring them in um, because you're offering them something different. Um, so understanding your audience and um, where they live and what they do um, 
defines your media channels, so to speak. Um, I mean, we could probably go on for hours um, about what strategies we do, but I guess simple terms, um, what have you got to offer that's different in competing with everything else? Um, understand your audience, and then understand how to communicate to that audience. Um, and then I'd probably say the, your pricing offer um, is important because obviously if people are doing things cheaper than you, um, then you're, you're in trouble unless you've got some awesome show or awesome event or... Um, and I don't know if there's anything else so I, I've I, missed. I, I, I just... Uh, I, I, um, I look at the issues uh, with wine and, and trying to captivate interest amongst um, young people in wine and I, and I see that there's probably the same sort of issues and similar issues in captivating young people's interest in, in the arts. Um, uh, I, I think uh, I think some of what the guys earlier were talking about uh, with the, with the night shift was was a good example in that in that um, people have uh, inhibitions because they think that it's um, a topic that they have to have a great deal of understanding of to have a, a sense of enjoyment within it and, and so on and I I think if if you can understand what some of those you know barriers or problems are then you can start to workshop ways to resolve them and. You know what we have done. You know, with wine events and, and other wine communication, uh, is is trying to address address those sorts of issues. So we tried to change um, the conventional way that that you know wine is is um, is is interacted with, um, and all the communication that we run. And you can have a look at our website, younggunofwine.com. It doesn't look like um, anything that you would have conventionally seen with with wine before. So I guess it has a very strong youth bent to it. Um, so I, th I, th I think um, first and foremost, the real um, um, uh, product has to be cons um, considered as part of you know the, the the marketing strategy. Can I ask a question about that? Uh, you've all expressed a, a great deal of passion and interest in the arts and culture of which you which you participate and I know as a, a when I was a young person young theatre maker the big mystery for me was always and and because most young arts organizations young people making theatre or uh, don't have a budget mm. is do you spend any time in sort of outreach programs where you actually assist young artists or young people or young theatre makers or young winemakers or whoever it is to understand how this this kind of mysterious beast called marketing works and how you might you might have a great product, but you don't have any budget to get it out there in a conventional sense. Um, I'm just wondering if you have any programs or ideas or access points for that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, sort of one of our recommendations is save some money. It doesn't all have to go on production. Um, I think um, that's, that's quite clear. Um, Simon has been engaging in the Grelsh grid where, Simon, you often just commission artists to do the work and it's often unbranded work it's just an artistic sort of outlet um, and they're free to do what they like. We, we get this, um, being a small agency we get this all the time um, when you look at someone's brief so you might have a show and it's like how do we get it out there and right down the bottom where it comes to budget it's like hardly any budget or no budget or and you're but you're creative you can come up with an idea you know you can create something that will get out there um, and when you don't have any money to market um, you struggle um, but you can be creative 
about getting the message out there. And there's some free you know, mechanisms such as Facebook and Twitter and those sorts of things that you can utilize that will help build your profile and get your message out there. Um, and we've had to do it for some of our bigger brands where they're expecting us to climb you know, huge mountains um, and they're just like, oh, we'll just put it on Facebook and we'll just put it on Twitter um, and we'll just you know, use some of that social media stuff. Um, and you go, hang on, do you realize, one, you have to design something that's interesting. You have to say stuff that's interesting. Um, and you have to continually keep it you know, evolving with content. The good thing about you guys is that you know, when you're creating a show, you've got content there. You can take photos, you can take video footage, you can talk about actors or actresses or um, some little funny story, and that can all go online and start creating a little bit of, um, a little bit of noise around what you, you're trying to do and promote. And that would be my first recommendation. Start with something really simple um, in the social media sense. And there's some other things that you can do that um, I will talk to you afterwards, probably because it's not legal, um, that I would suggest you do. But anyway, that's another story. Um, if, if I could just add, add, add something to that. I, I mean, certainly, you know, I'm a strong believer in that um, uh, not all of the budget should go into production. There should be some remaining for promotion. But, you know, the reality of life is, particularly when it comes to artists, and, and the wine is I keep on referring to this young guns of wine thing because it is it is um um, exactly relevant to a lot of the issues that are coming up here. The winemakers that we that we principally uh, and foremost work with are winemakers that are artisans. They're artists, and so um, uh, they're living they're they're living um, off the off the um, smell of an oily rag, um, and and you know in in that instance um, I don't I don't believe that they they necessarily need to have a budget in order to promote their businesses per se, but they certainly do need to have effort. And I think you know one of the uh, one of the struggles when it comes to, to winemakers, and I'm sure it's uh, true with other types of artists, that, you know, whether that they be in the theatre or otherwise, that um, I think they have a bit of a reluctance to promote themselves. And uh, and you can you can access these uh, social media tools such as Facebook and Twitter and and, and photo sharing sites and YouTube and etc. to be able to to promote yourself without cost, but it just requires an effort. Um, and coming back to the to the young guns of wine thing, I, I'm I'm not terribly familiar with whether there might be anything similar or or, or uh, within the within the theatre space. But um, the young guns of wine program that we've created, um, um, it is very much an opportunity to profile and promote the winemakers that we feature. So it's so um, there's an annual competition and it's about celebrating and recognising you know the the visionary uh, upcoming. Uh, winemakers and through that it creates a fantastic vehicle for them to be promoted to the trade to consumers and we do have um, evidence where um, the winemakers that we featured have been able to pick up um, you know new accounts because they've been featured in this program so you know just just as we have our um, young guns of wine platform that is a, a, a great vehicle to promote these um, in individual winemakers so too could could that model be replicated in other categories such as theater or other areas of the art Okay. Um, hello, I'm Sandy from Monkey Bar. I, I just wondered if anyone uh, could comment on, we create theatre for young people and we create theatre that you know we hope that they're interested in, but we have an issue in the sense of that the people who actually purchase the tickets though for the young people are the adults, either the educators, um, schools, 
or else um, the theatre venues or their carers. So I just wonder if you could comment on that, on that duality in, in a marketing sense. I think um, the experience we've had um, is that in terms of truly engaging a youth audience and, and making them want to be involved with that brand or that event or buy a ticket, you know, buy a t-shirt, buy whatever, is, is, is it actually if you, you know, it's not about we've created this show for you, youth, now go and watch it. It's got, no, no, but it's, 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 you know, if you can engage with that audience to be, to collaborate in whatever the event, whatever the production becomes, then you're, you know, it might, like I'm a big believer in crowdsourcing and, and, and it's, um, th that crowdsourcing will, you know, you'll be able to generate thousands of actual passionate fans that want to contribute to what you're doing, which will then, they'll then promote it to their friends and their peers, and they'll create a movement themselves about then attending and supporting the show, uh, which won't be about, um, you, you know, someone who's older than me telling me I should go see this production. I think, for, for was you. your question about them purchasing the tickets on behalf and how do we reach them, is that? Yeah, because we have a duality yeah. in the sense that, like, and I'm talking about really young people here. Yeah, I understand. For them. So you're marketing yeah. a product yeah. you're creating for young people, yet you're marketing yeah. into older people's perceptions on what is right for young people to mm. so Yeah, well, as, as a parent, yeah. um, and this is where my parent thing comes up, see, um, I, I, I mean, we've, we've bought lots of. Um, lots of tickets for my daughter, she's seven, um, to go um, to see dances or arts or so forth. Um, and I think really if you understand your kids, and you know most parents do understand their kids, they tend to buy or find things that are of interest to their kids. So I think your question is, it's going to be a natural occurrence. You still, you, you still kind of target the kids, but you're also having, in the same sense, targeting the adults. So when, you know, um, my daughter sees Maisie or, you know, someone else, um, Barbie or whoever, um, she'll go and she'll grab the ad and she'll show us and she goes, I want to go to this or I want to do this and we'll set, we'll assess whether it's good for her. Um, I think it's just, you know, natural. It's been <coughs> happening since day dot in time. Um, hopefully that answers your question, but yeah. Sorry, we're out of time. Uh, no, we're just going to conclude. And um, basically what we've done up is um, our top 10, I guess, of um, dealing with youth. And um, just, I guess, mainly some do do's and don'ts. And this is uh, what we shouldn't do in marketing, which is generalise because everyone is, of course, unique. Um, but if we're to start at number one, um, you can see there, I think it's pretty clear for you, um, the experience has to be the strategy. Okay, so fundamentally that, that is your product um, and you need to start with the interaction of your product. Um, we won't comment on that, I don't think. Um, youth are biologically different, they take more risks. It's well known, that's the uh, neuroscience of it. Um, so they, they are willing to um, um, take a chance and a choice um, if it's new. Um, balance research and innovation. Um, understand the market but lead the market. Um, and I think 
with Rory's example of young guns of wine like and particularly Simon's um, and even Conrad's um, strategies, they're in some way leading the market. It's an extension of what's already there. Um, and that's part of the new and the currency of it. Um, each event increases your social currency, um, so make it count. Um, become content creators and curators um, to promote your brand. Become better storytellers, we believe. Um, sophistication, don't underestimate your young or new consumers. Um, I was recently astounded to hear um, a group of 22-year-olds discuss the fineries of um, uh, scotch consumption um, amongst uh, themselves at, at a wine bar. And I thought back to when I was that age, I would never be that sophisticated. And I'm certain Rory can um, definitely vouch for the sophistication of young consumers these days. Um, digital media presence is a must. Um, put some money aside for integrated promotion. And finally, we'd like to say be visionary and try and bake, break conventions. Um, embrace ideas, um, but without good execution, they are just ideas. So we'd just like to finish on that point and we hope the marketing guys offered you something today. Thank you. Thanks guys and thanks for um, uh, doing a lot, giving us a lot of marketing and continuing to kind of that close link between alcohol and the arts which I mean <laughs> many of us have held quite dear but you know it's been confirmed this evening or this afternoon uh, but thank you very much for giving us some of that strategy and some of those ideas and I think it's up to us now to have further discussions with you if we can corner you over afternoon tea to see how it might apply to our own context but thank you very much for what you've given us.